0: Pastor Xavier Reese, and the simple truths of being victim or victor of our circumstance. James addressed
1: the attitude of mind believers are to have when they encounter trials. He says, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. It sounds kind of weird, huh? Because who likes trials? I don't like trials. Yet we are to conclude that whatever God allows, I hang in there. I trust Him for that. Because we know our God, we know His character, and we can trust Him.
0: Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. James 1 2 says, We're to be joyful when we face trials. Yet, what person in their right mind enjoys difficulty? The simple truth to maintaining a proper focus is remembering that God is sovereign and has a purpose for every situation we face. Well, coming up, Pastor Xavier says, The Christian doesn't have to be a victim of his circumstance but can have victory even in times of testing in today's verse-by-verse study of James 1, verses 2 through 4. Let's listen.
1: James has presented himself as a willing servant of God and the Lord Jesus Christ and greeted the Hebrew Christian believers who had fled Jerusalem under the persecution of Saul. With this short salutation of verse 1, James now exhorts the believer to welcome trials, which is characterized by three things First we have the declaration Regarding trials in verse 2 Second you have the perception Regarding trials in verse 3 And then third you have the determination Regarding trials Verse 4 He begins with the declaration Regarding trials Verse 2 Notice James addressed those He was writing My brethren The term we have Seen it over and over again through the years in the epistles. Adolphus indicates a brother or a sister. This could be one born of the same two parents in the literal sense of brothers and sisters. Clearly, the understanding here is talking about those who belong to the same family of God, those who are born again. James and all the other Jewish Hebrews had believed in Jesus Christ as we've seen accepted him as their own personal Lord, their Messiah. And they had been born again, even as Jesus told Nicodemus, you must be born again or you'll never see the kingdom of God in John 3, 3-5. Now, this is key. He's writing to believers. The word brethren appears 18 times in the letter. Now, James addressed the attitude of mind believers are to have when they encounter trials. He says, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. It sounds kind of weird, huh? Because who likes trials? I don't like trials. And yet it's a paradox for Christians. The instruction is that the believer is to view trials as beneficial. The value of these trials is indicated by the phrase to count it all joy. To consider, to deem, to account, or to think. This is an imperative an imperative command in the Greek, indicating they were to deem this attitude of joy themselves in their own trials decisively. So we understand from the study of the Word and the study of the history of God's people that God allows certain things to come. And though at times from our perspective it may seem unfair or unjust, yet we are to conclude that whatever God allows then I hang in there. I trust him for that. Because he's working all things for my good. That's the life of faith. Believing that God is holy. That he's good. And that he's not just up there trying to make my life miserable. So the man and woman of faith. It's not a, a leap into the darkness. It's a step into the light. Because we know our God. We know his character. Then we can trust him. We can rely on him. It goes beyond our emotions, beyond the circumstance, beyond the situation. Now, this applies to every Christian without exception. In any generation, it's never going to differ. Now, notice the evidence of valuing the trial as beneficial is joy. Kara, it means simply gladness. The manifestation of joy is by the Holy Spirit, not The natural man. We usually identify our emotional contentment with happiness. And usually our happiness is related to outward circumstances. If I buy a new house, oh, I'm happy. It burns down, now I'm sad. Buy a new car, I'm happy. Drive it off the car, somebody crashes into me, now I'm not happy. It has to do with what I have, how I feel. Where joy goes beyond all that. The quality of joy is all, whole, entire, complete, and it's emphatic in the Greek, being at the beginning of the sentence, not like our English. It's the very beginning. All. Notice he, he takes the word greeting and expresses the idea of rejoicing or being glad in his salutation, and then he repeats it now in verse two in the word joy kara and There's that repetition of the same root. The kind of trials, notice, are stipulated. James says when you fall into various trials, he uses the phrase fallen into, which means to encounter. This is not something you go out for, they encounter you. The same word is used of the parable of the Good Samaritan, if you remember, when a certain man went out from Jerusalem to Jericho and he fell among thieves. He didn't go out to do that. He was going along and they tried to assault him and rob him. The minute you're born again, I've told you often, you're born into warfare. You begin down this road of your journey. You're a pilgrim, a sojourner. And you're lined up with the straight way to heaven and narrow the gate. And as you move through this road, there'll be all kinds of ensnarements, all kinds of allurements, all kinds of assaults. Because... This home is not our own. When we find ourselves surrounded and pressed with trials and we can not get away from them, then we must confront them. Sometimes people have the temperament that they don't like confrontation, so they just avoid it. They don't deal with things or they don't like to confront people, so they, that's just the way they handle their life all the time. When we become Christians, we're not supposed to be like that. Or to confront issues, deal with issues, not for the sake of arguing. In this context, it's, it's talking about trials. So we're not to avoid them. We're not to just skirt them or to see them as something that is really not for our good or that God is, um, has something against us. Or sometimes people, as we'll see, this is normal for every believer. They'll start living a guilt trip saying, well, it's because of what I did in the past and now you know this is, no, 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 your, your sins are forgiven. There may be things that you are still going to reap from because you have sown from it. God's forgiven you. And some of those things have to work their way through. But it's not that God is rubbing your nose in. And there's just consequences that are natural that come forward. You know what I mean? You go out and rob, rob a store. And, and, and you get busted. And you get thrown in jail. Three years. You accept the Lord in jail. He forgives you for it. But you still got to do three years, right? And when you get out, that's it. You work through it. Now, Notice James describes the trials. The word various, it means multicolored, variegated, diverse in kind and sort, and it's in the plural. Uh, 1 Peter 1.6 says that if it's necessary that we go through various trials, same word. The word for trials means an experiment in order to prove and approve themselves as true or in a good sense. 1 Peter 4.12 says we shouldn't think it's strange when we fall into all different kinds of trials. Fiery trials as believers. These are the unplanned encounters with external trials, such as persecution and difficulties that will test us, which could become an internal temptation than the sin because of something exterior. And if I don't face it and deal with it the way I have to, then I will try to resort to it in my flesh, and that will cause me to sin from within, whatever it may be. It can go both ways. The word is used for external trials or inner evil temptations, as we'll see in verse 13. Down in 13, he says, don't anybody say that God tempts a man with evil. God can't tempt people. But we are tempted when we're carried away by our own lust and desire. So he makes a distinction in verse 13. Those, Those testings are temptations that we bring about ourselves from the inside out. A little different. Now... After Joseph, if you remember, had gone through all his testings, he was able to look back and to tell his brothers, as difficult as those testings were, and as horrible and unjust, he said, but as for you, you men, evil against me, but God mended for good, in Genesis 50, verse 20. As we go through trials and we look back, um... We will be able to say the same thing as, as Joseph. And when we get done with that trial, though we cried and scream and threatened, perhaps when we trust God and we just depend on Him, and we get through these things, we look back and we wouldn't trade that experience for anything because it's made me more like Him and less like me. They're valuable. They're things that you don't get from a sermon. You may get it information, but it's not internalized. You don't get it from books. You can read about them. But something that you have to go through, you have to depend upon God. There are daily trials we must deal with people. People that go out of their way to provoke us or to cause trouble for us as believers. It happens all the time. People at work that are over us and perhaps they abuse their power and authority to make work more difficult for us. There's always conflict with personalities. And sometimes when you're a Christian, that even magnifies it even more. Just the fact that they know you're a believer, that can happen. The problem of marriage. Husband and wife. you got two sinners that say they love each other. And they have the nerve to get married and try to live together. <laughs> two being molded into one. Different personalities. Night and day. One's always tardy. That one's always punctual. One's Mr. Clean, the other one, not so clean. (laughs) We attract opposites, don't we? We got to deal with those issues, right? Raising children, teaching them, disciplining them, working through their rebellious and disobedient times. But while I'm doing that, God's working on me because my children so often remind me of me towards God. Exactly the same. That is why Paul, before he addresses the teaching on the family in Ephesians, Chapter 5, he, he says this before he gets into the different family roles of husband, wife, and children. Listen to Ephesians five eighteen 18-21. He says, And do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Literally, keep on keeping on being filled constantly. Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs singing and making melody in your hearts of the Lord Giving thanks always for all things to God and the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ submitting to one another in the fear of God The only way you can do that first thing submitting yourself to the will of God Let alone your own individual roles that he goes on to say is if you are constantly being filled with the Spirit of God and the Word If you're not it will never work You'll come to an arrangement Like many people in the world what okay, so we're going to agree on. You're going to do this, I'm going to do that. And it's not really the marriage that God wants. There are daily trials we encounter from, that come upon us living in the sinful world. Uh, dealing with crazy drivers on the freeway. It's crazy today. <laughs> trying to get on the freeway, you think you're trying to race them. I just want to get on the freeway. Dealing with people um, that are crummy neighbors, no matter what you do. Practical things. Dealing with false accusations, gossip. Whether it be from non-believers or believers. Jesus put it this way in Matthew 5. 12 and 13. He says. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you. And say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad. For great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Now. The Lord is the greatest example of this, and Paul is another. First Peter 4, 12-13 says, Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trials, those things that are hot, not just regular testing, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened to you, but rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings, and when His glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. So the only way we can go through those things is to draw close to the Lord, to yield to His Word, the power of His Spirit, and to be conformed to His image more and more. And you look at your life, how far God has brought you from what you were when you first accepted the Lord, and all that He's allowed you to go through, and and how He's used those things to, to make you more like Him. There are daily trials we encounter with the things we own, even material things. The washer breaks down and costs all kinds of water damage. And it's 2 in the morning. <laughs> or right when we're leaving to a wedding or something, right? The car needs repairs and you don't have the money for it. The new glasses you just bought cost you $300. You just flicked them off and you went to grab them and you stepped on them. And the oven stopped working halfway through your Thanksgiving turkey. Your son just dropped the pumpkin pie. And your gravy didn't come out that good. <laughs> Practical things, everyday things. But when they happen, we think we're the only ones that stuff happens to. Matthew 16, says, for what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world, loses his own soul? Or What will a man give in exchange for his soul? Sometimes things can really make us miserable because we hold them so dear to us. And rather than loving people, we love things. And we, rather than using things, we use people. We reverse everything The declaration Regarding trials Is to embrace them With a spiritual attitude Being a person of the spirit Notice secondly Verse 3 Comes the perception Regarding trials James reminded the believers That they understood The reason for trials This is not news He says Knowing that the testing Of your faith He, being also a believer, just like them, perceived with spiritual understanding that all believers have the capacity to understand spiritual truth. See, this is one thing that when we understand this, and no Christian can use ignorance as an excuse. Well, I'm only a year in the Lord. So, what does that mean? Then act one year old. But you can understand God's Word the minute you're born again. You may not be 10 years old in the Lord. You may not have read all the Bible yet, but what you do read and what you do receive, you're able to understand because you're a child of God. The word knowing, gnosko, means to learn or to know or to come to know or perceive knowledge by personal experience. This is your ability to do this. The tense again is present active, progressive, continuous. The minute we're born again and we continue to do that. And as we're doing this, when there's progression, there's also growth, as we'll see. The word appears 223 times in the New Testament. James will use it two other times. In uh, chapter 2, verse 20. And in chapter 5, verse 20. The word knowing has the same relationship as the imperative phrase, "counted," Both affirming that what trials really are. And what they accomplish. This the believer knows. But when the trial happens. Because I respond in the flesh. I forget all about what I'm supposed to know. And then do. And so I I, I step out. To deal with it in the flesh. And that always brings many more problems. That then I have to deal with. Therefore they are to be. Embraced with all joy. Because we understand that. When they used to have, I don't know if they have telephone pole climbers anymore in the telephone company. But when they train their men to climb those poles, you've got to lean back completely on your belt. 100% your weight. Seems like you're going to fall off. As you do that, your spikes are able to go into the pole. And you can climb real easy. You get a grip. But the natural tendency because of fear is to get close to the pole. And what you do is you slide down and get a body full of slivers. Depending on yourself. Rather than that belt. To hold you. You see? God doesn't want us to depend on ourselves. But on Him. He understood that all testings and trials are for authenticating real faith. The word testing means to... Prove or verify something to be genuine. The word is used for the testing of coins to see if they were genuine or false. It's also used for metals, gold and silver. This particular form of the word appears only one other time for the faith of the believer being of greater value than gold that perishes in 1 Peter 1.7. You see, the faith of a Christian is biblical faith. The word faith has the article here indicating Christianity and its doctrine. Not just, well, I have faith. What do you believe? I, don't, well, I just believe hard enough. Well, if, if your faith is not bringing you back to the revelation of God's word, your faith is not biblical. For your faith to be honored by God, it has to be based on trusting what God has revealed and said. If it is in contradiction to the word of God, in addition to the word of God, God will not honor. Your opinion, your feelings, your conclusions. He only honors his word. That which believes and rests on the revelation of God for salvation. That the atonement for our sins is only through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Romans 1, 16 and 17. That which is sourced in the grace of God. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. By grace through faith you've been saved. That not of yourselves, the gift of God. That which grows in faith only by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 17. I hear people say all the time, I want to grow, I want to this, but they're never around. They don't come to church consistently. They're not going to grow. Romans 10 17 says, Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. You want to grow in faith? Then you've got to be around the Word of God. You've got to be around the people of God, the church of God, involved in the ministry of God. That's how we grow. Notice the faith is personal and individual, of your, each person being born again. Each person being responsible to encounter and pass the test of the external trial or the encounter with whatever it may be. Now notice James reminded the believers that the testing of their faith was for spiritual growth. He says, produces patience. He stated this did not take place passively. The word produce means to perform, accomplish, or achieve. And the tense is the indicative present in middle, indicating an ongoing result by the individual being part of the process. So you just can't sit there and it happen by itself. You 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 are participant in this case. You've got to yield to it. You've got to deny yourself. You've got to reckon the old man dead. You've got to put off the old man. Put on the new man. Bring your thoughts in captivity. Be filled with the Spirit of God and the Word of God. The same word is used by Paul in Romans 7, 10 when it says, Godly sorrow works repentance, but sorrow of the world works death. James will use it once more in chapter 1, verse 20, where it says, The wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Notice the interaction between faith and trials brings about a process. Everybody wants a product, but nobody wants to go through the process. You like chocolate cake? You've got to go through the process. you got to put it in the bowl, get the right measurements, stir it up, grease up the pan, stick it in, right temperature, then you can get the product. Process equals product on anything in life. Everybody wants to skip the process today, they just want the product. (laughs) That of conflict and pressure, process. That of resistance and opposition, process. That of defending against the attack, process. That of new nature being victorious over the old sin nature, process.
0: Pastor Xavier Ruiz, and the simple truths of not just finding meaning in the trials we face, but guiding us to victory as well. Now, you can hear this message again if you like online anytime by selecting today's date at the radio listings link at calvarychapelpasadena.com. And as we've had to break only partway through this study, we hope you'll be back next time for the conclusion. But if your schedule won't permit you to tune in, as always, you can pick up your own personal copy, And the title you want to ask for is simply Trials Mature Christians. It's available on CD for just $4. That title once again is Trials Mature Christians. Or simply mention today's date when you get in touch. And you can address your request to Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make a request by phone, Call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And please be sure you tell us the call letters of this station when you get in touch. We use this information to help us measure the efficiency of this ministry in your area. And then join us for more Simple Truths next time with Pastor Xavier Reese. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com